Good morning. Welcome to Daily Cafefe on Unsafe Space with Carter and Carrie. Today is Friday, July 26th, and I'm uh, I'm sitting here with our guest host. Carter couldn't make it today, so I'm here with Boris Yeltsin. I'm kidding. It's Boris Johnson. Hi, Boris. I know, Carrie. I know. The hair was better this morning. So I, I took a shower this morning, and for some reason, I looked in the mirror, and I saw Boris Johnson staring back at me, and my hair was like in this weird way, and I decided to try and be Boris Johnson, but it's not looking as good as I want it. I guess I could have shaved doesn't have a beard. It looks pretty good. You, I want to you, be crazy Boris Johnson today. You should uh, show me show that picture you sent me. Oh. <laughs> oh I wait, I, yes, I, I could. I can, actually. Wait, wait, wait. I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I looked more like, like Boris Johnson this morning, and I figured, what the hell? Uh, it's Friday. I don't give a shit. I'm just going to come on here with as messy as I can get in the hair department and the glasses didn't go with it it ruined the look so i like it yeah it's gary we get to talk about something that we both want to talk about uh because someone recommended that we talk about that actually a friend of mine um guns gun control gun control i'm kind of surprised we haven't talked about this before i know we've talked a little bit but before we talk about gun control carrie i have a surprise for you this is not final but speaking of weapons so this, they, could, they can't do a color, they couldn't do a multicolor logo. So we're, but this is black and white. We're gonna actually change this to make it red. So this is a prototype. But this is, a, this is an unsafe space mug that we will be, after we fix the logo, we'll be shipping out. And uh, it's got a little, you know, you can pull the pin on the grenade. <laughs> I love but, this uh, so much. Yeah. And, this, and I've, oh my gosh, it's such a good idea. And every year, so what we want to do is every year, so if you're, if you're on our Subscribestar and you subscribe at the, is it the $25 level? It's 25 and up, yeah. Yeah, 25 and up, then you get one of these uh, per year. And it'll be a different mug each year that we come up with. Yeah. And, you know, this is our first time, this is our first go at it. I didn't realize, like, they actually can't do multicolored logos very easily. We'd, like, have to, we'd, we could if we spend a lot more money and blah, blah, blah. So we'll figure it out as we move forward and make better. I think the mugs will get progressively better, but I like our starting mug, the, the logo. This will be red, this little part of the logo. So it won't be totally black and white. And, uh, and there you go. And a few people, you're already on the list for, for having to get them because you're already subscribers. So. That's awesome. Do I yeah. get one? Yeah, you get one, Carrie. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Um, so let's. So the reason this uh, person wants to talk about gun control is they they mentioned, hey, basically like all the Democratic candidates have, like are pushing massive gun control, and I was like, I don't. Is that really true? I don't know. So Kerry, I looked through. I skipped some of the smaller ones like Jay Inslee and and people like that. But I looked through. My list includes. Corey Kamala Swalwell, who dropped out, uh, Pete Buttigieg, Julian Castro, Yang, Hickenlooper, Tulsi, Williamson, Bernie, Biden, Warren, Beto. Like, I looked at a lot of these. Like, I feel like this is a good representative sample of the Democratic Party right now. And yeah, basically, they're all massively into gun control. And I think before we even talk about why we think that is, Carrie, let's walk through some of the most popular proposals. Because, for example, one that's really popular is a quote assault weapons ban. Almost all of them want, including, by the way, your. Wait, when your you girl say Tulsa popular, you say, when the, you say wait, but let's be clear. When you say popular, you don't mean popular among the American people. I mean with Democrat candidates. With Democratic candidates, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean popular among. The, the Democratic candidates. So okay. assault weapons, a quote, assault weapons ban is one of them. Uh, I don't know if our mug counts as an assault weapon, but you okay. can hit people over the head with it. So. Uh, it, it, I absolutely oppose this. I absolutely oppose this. I think you and I are going to disagree on a few things today, by the way. But um, okay. but I I have a lot of varied reasons why I oppose this. And even when I was like a super SJW who... I, I guess I was an anomaly in one way, which was that I shot, I did firearms training. Um, I was an NRA instructor for a while doing handguns. And 
um, I oppose an assault weapons ban. There's no such thing as an assault weapon. It's just, a, it's just rhetoric. You could call it a defense, defense weapon. It doesn't, like, what is an assault weapon? They can right, never so, define it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think most of our viewers know, but for those who don't, let's just say people think of assault weapons as the, basically, they're rifles that are black and have a pistol grip and look kind of nasty, sometimes a collapsible stock or something that looks, they, it looks kind of like the M16s or something that you see in Vietnam movies, or it looks, it looks kind of like those usually, and, and people look at it and aesthetically, they're like, oh, it's, a, it's nasty. Functionally, um, so I guess we should back up, fully automatic Cosmetic, Cosmetically, it looks scary. Yeah, but fully automatic weapons are basically already illegal. I mean, you have to have an NFA license. You can do them in some areas with a special license, but none of the guns that anyone's talking about are fully automatic. So they don't, most of the people on the left, I'll just say that they don't even know what that means. So that's why they get so pulled into this rhetoric. So fully automatic means you pull the trigger once and lots and lots of bullets come out. That's what you see in movies, right? When, when Schwarzenegger holds an Uzi and like presses it and mows down bad guys, that's fully automatic. So those are already banned, was Carter, Carter saying. So, but, but I don't know how many super leftists watch us, but maybe, maybe you can share this with super leftist friends. Um, the reason, when I talk to people on the left about gun control, I'm like, if you, just like with anything, if you want to make any inroads or compromise, if your ultimate goal is to get somewhere and with any kind of um, disagreement, you're not going to, you shouldn't expect to get everything you want. But if you want to make any inroads, you should know what you're talking about. So fully automatic right. weapons, pull, pull the trigger once, lots of bullets. That's already pretty much effectively it's, illegal. Not that I agree with that. So I'm where, where you and I will end up disagreeing with it is I'm a self-defense absolutist in the sense that uh, if the military has it, you should have it. You think uh, we should have fully? Okay, well, let's not even go there. No. Yeah, but I don't think we can argue about that because nothing, there's no proposal to move guns in gun control in the direction that I would want to move it. So, like, <laughs> we don't need to talk about that right now. But I so, think it's funny. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, so that's a fully automatic. Semi-automatic is you press it, you press the trigger once and a, a bullet leaves the barrel and you release the trigger, and you can immediately press it again, and another bullet will leave the barrel. But the easy way to think about that is one trigger, pull one bullet. So you pull the trigger once, one bullet comes out. Boom. One and one. Yeah. yeah. And, and that is most firearms. So basically, unless, you're see, unless you see a revolver, which is kind of the you know, old Western, it's got the little wheel on it and holds like a six-shooter or whatever usually, Unless you see a revolver, any handgun you see is a semi-automatic weapon. Uh, most, most guns are. The step down from that is like a bolt-action rifle, which is you press the trigger and you have to physically take the, you move a bolt to take the spent cartridge out, and, it puts an, and as you close the bolt, it grabs a new round from a magazine or some, something holding the rounds and shoves it into the chamber. So it's, there's they more of a- they don't, they don't need to know all that. It's gonna confuse them. Okay, that's fine. Anyway. <laughs> I'm kidding. But wait a minute, but the most, all those cosmetically scary rifles that we're talking about that people call, that people on the left call assault weapons. So people on the left, if you're calling them assault weapons, those are semi-automatic. Those are semi-automatic. They're not the same that the military has. You well, an assault weapon isn't a term. It's, it's a no. non-term. It has no real meaning and- um, the reason, and what they'll say is, well, a lot of these crimes are, are, are committed with AR-15s. <clears throat> AR does not stand for assault rifle, by the way. Uh, Armalite. But uh, a lot of these... It's for awesome rifle. Right. It stands for awesome rifle. That's true. Um, a lot of them are, are committed with AR-15s, at least the ones highly publicized by the media. However, um, the, the main reason for that is that they're cheap. And one of the main reasons they're cheap is because there was a lot of... Uh, they the a lot of the tooling is the same as military weapons, including fully automatic. And so you've got a lot of receivers and you've got a lot of parts and like there's 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 an industry behind it. And so yeah, they're cheaper because they are mass produced for other purposes or versions of them. And so they're they're just popular. And 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 obviously after after military use, they started to become popular generally, but they're they're cheap because they're they're cheap because they're popular and it's the I, I, we don't have evidence. We don't know this for a fact, obviously, but 
it's likely the popularity and price tag that is the reason that you see them more often in shootings because you know not a lot of people are going to spend more than they have to to get a sport rifle for something so okay um, i have i have to butt in there i don't first of all we rifle when you say more often in shootings i and i i'm not talking to you i'm talking to i know you know this anyway so this is my issue with the whole assault weapons ban a it's not a real category and they can never give you the characteristics that define it and there's a lot of hilarious clips online of lawmakers who are talking about something they don't know about there's that old clip on tucker carlson where the woman talks about um oh gosh what's he asking the uh uh barrel shroud what's a barrel shroud because she wants to ban that and she's like i think it's that shoulder thing that goes up and (laughs) that's a pretty famous clip of like what are you talking about i don't think i've seen that clip yeah but um don't be that person. Like if you want to ban something, know what you're talking about. How can you want to ban something? And so when I have arguments with people and we get to this point and they say, well, you're just, um, you're just, you know, arguing semantics or details and I don't need to know the details. I trust my, the people I like to know the details. I'm like, would you say that about anything else? Like, also, they don't. Demonstrably, the people you elect do not know the details. Right. So you should know the policies you're supporting. So if you want to ban something, know what it is you want to ban. And so, first of all, give me the characteristics of what you think makes an assault rifle. Because every time I ask someone that, it's different. They don't either they don't know what they're talking about, or they do, and they have really specific characteristics. But that's not what the lawmakers are talking about. So that's a b. They only account for 2%. And I'm talking all rifles, not just the cosmetically scary black ones, but all rifles, including the bolt action rifles that Carter was talking about. All rifles only account for 2% of homicide deaths a year, 2%. And so what I think is happening is you're starting to see more of them in these sensationalized mass shootings, but the numbers are not, they're still ridiculously missed there are more people killed by knives every year than by rifles and that's all rifles so i one of the things i was even back when i was an sjw and i would argue with people about it it's like why would you want to ban something that's responsible for only two percent of deaths and you're not really effectively going to change the homicide rate all those people are just going to go to using handguns. They'll just pick another gun. And then now what you've done is you've done something that is virtue signaling and symbolic. So you can pat yourself on the back, but you've also laid the groundwork for banning other guns because now you've banned a semi-automatic. Mm-hmm. That's what you've done effectively. You've done nothing to reduce the death rate, but you've laid the groundwork for reducing other, or for reducing, for banning other other types of semi-automatics, including handguns. Now, some of them, if you get them, them to that point, they're like, well, that's what I want to do is I want to ban all handguns. <laughs> they're right, like honest about it. Just real quick, um, let me show you this. I should have put it up while I was talking about it. This is the from the FBI. Um, these are murder victims by, can you see that? By um, yep. weapon. And so this is from 2016. Obviously, handguns, the the largest amount of people are killed every year by handguns, 7,000. Um, you can see knives are, you know, 1,600. When are we going to ban hands and fists and feet? Yeah, look at that. Personal weapons, hands, fists, and feet account for more deaths. And blunt objects like clubs and hammers are more than rifles per year. Yep. So if you don't know that stat and you're arguing on behalf of banning assault rifles, um, you, you're not going to have much um, people aren't people who know about guns are not going to give you much respect and you can't hope to advance in a dialogue or discussion or compromise. So that's it. Yep. All right. So let's, I don't want to spend too much time on okay. the one thing, assault weapon right. ban. Fine. High cap mag ban. So high capacity magazines. Uh, there's not much to say about that. It's just a thing that they want to, to do. Um, a lot of them. Uh, a lot of them are arguing for holding gun manufacturers accountable, which is really abhorrent legally, right? Um, a gun is a tool that's supposed to fire when you press the trigger. So uh, I guess you could sue a gun manufacturer if when you press the trigger, it doesn't fire or it starts firing when you're not pressing the trigger randomly. Uh, but they, their intent is because they can't get, the Second Amendment is standing in their way 
of because they want to they want to reduce guns generally. They want to get rid of gun culture. We can talk about some of the reasons why they want to do this stuff. But um, one way that they can come at an avenue of attack is to try and scare manufacturers out of doing things. So, for example, if you passed a law and you said, Apple, you're responsible for anyone who uses an iPhone to communicate anything related to a crime Apple's responsible for, uh, Apple would be like, I'm fucking out of the market. <laughs> I'm not making them anymore let's stick to laptops or whatever like you can cars auto auto companies any auto, car accident where someone dies you're responsible right right so uh that's but that's that's the direction they're trying to go with firearms and it's just a it's just a, a dishonest ploy to get around resistance to some of the that one i had not realized you're saying that's popular among all the candidates yeah yeah that's almost, almost all of them yeah. that is yeah. disgusting yeah um, in, including, uh, I don't know about your friend Tulsi on that one. I'm not sure, but she does have an F rating from the NRA and hundred percent rating from the Brady campaign. So, uh, another one that's popped up a little bit is handgun microstamping, which is just retarded. I don't know if I really into, Oh, I know what I want to talk about. Uh, cup. There's two others that are kind of big and useful to talk about two or three others. Um, one is a lot of, a lot of the people are trying to, they talk about kind of universal background checks, but there already are background checks for firearm purchasing, but what they're really talking about, the goal here is to eventually develop something that can be used as a national registry so they know who has guns. They don't know who has guns right now, and that bothers the fuck out of them. And so sometimes they go at it from like a let's have a national registry kind of thing. Sometimes they actually go at it from a, an angle that sounds plausible, like the CDC should be able to track the effects of gun violence as a health issue. But what they, what they, their goal with that is to start as CDC, as the CDC is to use health institutions, your doctors, you know, that fucking form. Have you ever been to a doctor's office and there's a form that says, are there firearms in the house? I've never, I never answer that question. My daughter knows to never answer that question. Like that it's a, it's a form they're trying to, they're trying to argue that firearms are a health issue and get the information they want about who has guns through health channels rather than through background checks, which is the other way they're trying to get it. So they want to build a registry of who has guns. That's very clear. And that that's one method of doing it. Okay. You and I are going to disagree on that. Uh, that's fine. No, uh, I no. before you barrel on, I don't agree. With, I don't agree with, okay. I don't agree with the national registry anymore. I used oh. to until I understood, but I do agree with universal background checks. I just don't want them keeping the records. I agree with, uh, okay, for, and here's why. For example, you're not allowed, it's already, it's already illegal. It's a federal law. You cannot own a firearm if you're a domestic abuser. If you've been um, uh, convicted of that, you're not allowed mm -hmm. to buy firearms. Now, if you're buying from a firearms dealer, they're going to do the background check. But if you go to a private party sale, they have no idea that you're buying the gun. Right. And, I've, and so at some states require you. So when I lived in California, I had to go, if you buy, if you were buying a gun from another person, let's say a friend or someone, you had to go to a licensed dealer and then they would run the background check for you. And so it was called a PPT, like private party so, transfer, but you still had to get that background check through a licensed dealer. And I, go, I, let me throw that. your stat back at you though. Should you register hammers and blunt objects? I mean, you just showed us a chart that rifles were less commonly used so I assume you're not talking about rifles because otherwise you would be arguing for knife registries and hand and feet registries and blunt object registries and you might no, as well. But just I think I think something should be. You asked me a question, so let me think about it. I think something should be licensed. Like for example, you have to have a license to drive a vehicle because of the amount of damage that could be done with it. It doesn't matter it's not so much about how many accidents happen a year. I think it's because of the scale of the damage that could be done. And I don't think that has anything to do with really? why you have a license. No. Why do you think? It's a revenue source. <laughs> what? It has nothing to do. They don't give a shit about how much your insurance company cares, how much damage you can do. The government doesn't give a shit. They like it as an ID and they like it as a revenue source. Hmm. Well, I like it as, as knowing that most of the people who have a license are somewhat proficient in driving. No, they're not. Have you driven? Yes. <laughs> they are not proficient. And the idea that people will be proficient because the government has a license 
is just patently false. Well, I'll have to think about that some more because I, I definitely, as of this conversation, I do support. Yeah, that's fine. No, I, I don't, and I actually don't. No, but I don't, we don't have to get to it. But look, we're talking about it. So let's talk about it. And we never disagree or we rarely do. So. Yeah, no, I'm just like, I don't, I don't feel the need to like convince you is my point. Like, right. Oh, great. That's yeah. fine. My, my, my point is, I don't think it's any of the government's business who has guns. Uh, I think that's part of the intent behind the Second Amendment. That's not where the right comes from. That's just a recognition of the right. The right comes from your, you own your individual body. You own yourself. You have the right to defend yourself by any tools that you want. And it's no one's business what tools you have and what tools you don't have. Um, and if someone can't be trusted with a gun, they probably can't be trusted in civilized society generally hmm. uh, because the gun doesn't make them a killer okay i do have some thoughts on that for later okay go ahead okay anyway so one other one other kind of common thing is uh red flag laws and and these are another thing that sound reasonable uh, i'm calling them red flag laws some people call them red flag laws there's a lot of things that kind of they aren't called this but they're basically the same thing this is the idea that yeah yeah everyone should be allowed to have a gun but family members or police, a big or, family members or police or the government can, you know, we can kind of objectively say, well, there's warning signs that you're a threat, so we're going to take your guns away for some period of time. Um, and obviously that's very big brotherish, and that's just a wedge into getting rid of guns. Like, uh, look at how the UK is treating people who tweet the wrong things right now. I mean, just today on Twitter, I saw someone got a message from Twitter saying, by the way, the, the, your tweet violates UK law. We're not going to take it down. That's not our job. We're just telling you. you know, your tweet's violating the UK law. Uh, <laughs> it is not crazy to envision a world in the very near future where certain tweets are viewed as evidence. Those are the red flags. Better get rid of his guns. <laughs> like, that's not a that's a slippery slope and it's it's and and well i agree with you on this one because yeah, if you're going there there's a law already that if you have been um adjudicated as mentally unfit or if you've been hospitalized um by family members against your will because of your mental health that you're not allowed to own a gun of course a lot of states it's up to the states to voluntarily report those re records to NICS which i think they should have to do and you i know you don't so we disagree on that too but um but th that law already already exists if you're if you're truly a mental health threat then there's already channels to prevent you theoretically the law is already it's set up such that that person if you if they need to be hospitalized they're hospitalized so and i think there's an unintended consequence here though care that people don't talk about um that? A lot of gun owners care very much that they can have their, they're like having their firearms is they feel like it's part of their constitutional right, which it is. It's also part of their right as a human being. And look, a lot of people have go through periods of time where they've, they've got mental issues because, and I don't mean like serious, you know, schizophrenia from childbirth. I mean, spouse dies or a tragedy happens or they come back from war, whatever it is, they've got issues they're dealing with. They're slightly unstable, but you know, they'll get through it with the right treatment and, and, and therapy. And I think some of them are afraid to go to therapy. I, in fact, I know that to be true because I've talked to people. They're afraid to go to official therapists through the health system because it, they're paranoid that like, well, what if the, I have suicidal thoughts? I'm feeling bad. Like, or sometimes I feel like I, mean, I have a lot of rage and I want to deal with it or whatever it is. They should have, they should go to health professionals and be able to deal with that but they're not because they're afraid of getting labeled, oh, well, you're a threat, we're gonna take your guns away, and that's important to them, and so they're just trying to deal with that elsewhere, and they're not getting the treatment that they could. I think a, uh, if you're going for mental health treatment, I, I would be an advocate for that to be completely confidential, and, and I would expect that that professional not share anything with anyone ever. I think that should be, I agree with you on that. The, the people I know, personally two people have been hospitalized against their will and it wasn't a case of I'm going to a therapist because I'm depressed or even even having suicidal thought it was not it was a case of everyone around them was like we have to help this person it wasn't depression right. no, I, I guess okay. there are, there <laughs> yeah. are real people that are you know yeah 
but anyway, okay. I, I don't want to, the only other thing I'm trying to look through the list here, because a lot of people have similar band military, military style assault weapons. I don't know what that means. Um, background checks, bump stocks. I, would, I don't, don't need to talk about that. It's Oh, some people like Biden, <laughs> Biden proposed like there should be fingerprint locks on guns, which is just a retarded thing. Why? Um, why? Just tell me why. You say uh, it as if people know. Just tell me why. Well, aside from the moral uh, argument, which is the government can't tell people how to make their guns. Uh, first of all, that's it's a pipe dream. Like the tech doesn't even actually exist in the way that a gun would be useful. Most handguns, well, I'm going to talk about this because I have some stats in a minute. Handguns are often used to prevent crime. They're used when you need a gun. So look, you normally don't need a gun. You're, you're normally, most people aren't in a world where they just need to rip their gun out every day to defend themselves. Thankfully, that's not the society we live in. But when you do need it, you need it now and you need it to work. And just as someone who's trained, I've done a lot of uh, self-defense training. I've trained people. I used to teach classes. Something happened. There's a reason why they teach gross motor skills in firearms training. Because when you're in a, hype, uh, a situation that's very um, uh, traumatic, like being held up or something's happening, you get a shot of adrenaline and your fine motor skill coordination goes out the window. You can't like you start to shake, like things, it's really hard to function. And if you haven't been in a situation like that, I know maybe a lot of people have been in at least one in their life where they were terrified, but you'll notice that you lose fine motor coordination. That's one of the, one of the physiological symptoms that happens. And which is why you teach people these gross motor movements when you're doing gunfighting, because you can't rely on fine motor movements. Well, a fingerprint thing, first of all, you'll be sweaty, you'll be shaking, and you'll be trying to unlock some stupid electronic thing. I mean, how many times does your iPhone fail? You'll be like trying to unlock some stupid electronic thing. The battery could be dead. There could be a bug. There could be like sweat, dirt, whatever it is, your hands shaking. What's going to happen is it renders your firearm useless. Um, it also means that family members can't share firearms very easily. Um, so it's not only is it this thing that doesn't exist, it also really significantly reduces the usefulness in the situation exactly when you want to use the gun for self-defense. Um, so I, I think it's a, it's also just not real. Thank you for, thank you for telling me your reasoning. I, I agree with all those reasons. You okay. 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 Um, but, but I want to dis- so we've talked about all this stuff, Carrie, I would like to dispel the myth because I think it's a myth. I would like to dispel the myth that this conversation with Democrats has anything to do with practicality, that it has anything to do with like what reasonable, how do we help people or reducing gun violence? It has nothing to do with any of that. And I will say, I know a lot of people cite different statistics and like, well, Australia did this and UK does that. And let's compare this country to that country and blah, blah, blah. And it's hard because often you're comparing apples to oranges. Like, you know, you could say, well, Japan doesn't have very, they have low, low homicide rates and they don't have a lot of guns. Yeah, but they're also ethnically homogenous. We know that diversity, although many great things come out of it, also creates strife. We've, we've got, you know, we, we have a much more wild west kind of crazy state than something like Japan, right? So it's a different culture. You can't, you can't compare cultures all the time. Um, and I know gun grabbers will try and cite statistics, which I could get into and argue that they're wrong, but I'm not going to bother because there's one statistic that they can't argue with. And it's one that no one talks, very few people talk about. No, none of the gun grabbers talk about. And this is the instance just in the U.S., not comparing culture to culture, the instance of defensive use of firearms to prevent crimes. These are stats that are like unassailable. People from the like Clinton administration, people from the left, no one has been able to debunk any of this. The methods are sound, and this is what we're seeing. So defensive use, let me just, uh, I'm going to pull something up. I put together, it's crappy. I'm sorry that it's crappy, but okay. 
Crimes committed with firearms versus the defensive use of, so roughly 2.5 million times a year a firearm is used to uh, prevent a crime in, in self-defense. It doesn't mean a shot was fired, but a firearm was used, deployed somehow, right? So this, that's several- you, Is this just civilians or are you talking about cops? Just civilians. Okay. Just civilians, right? So the red is defensive use and that 14%, that's all firearm incidents that are like criminal incidents, right? So you can see just from this, guns are used defensively many, several times more a year than they are used to actually commit a crime. That stat alone should give you pause about is outlawing guns, assuming that you could do what you imagine, which is have people give up their, you know, criminals give up their guns, which would not happen. Uh, how would this stat be affected? So, but let's say, okay, well, defensive use versus non-fatal gun crimes. I broke it out between fatal gun crime, like fatal and non-fatal. So defensive use for non-fatal gun crimes versus non-fatal gun crimes is only 3% uh, non-fatal. I'm going to skip this one mostly. The next one's interesting. So <laughs> this is a ratio. These are ratios. Defensive use of firearms versus fatal gun crimes it's, it's basically a hundred times more they're used in defense than they're used to commit a fatal crime with a gun. And, and if you break out homicide from suicide, which they often throw, they lump suicide in with fatal use of gun crimes or guns, we're now looking at well, 99.6 to 0.4% ratio between the defensive use of firearms and the homicidal use of firearms. Now, that should make you stop and question the motive behind gun grabbers and, and the legislation being, being asked for and these arguments. That alone, that alone, I think, is evidence that they don't, this is not about helping people. I think it's about a coin, a, a term that uh, a guy that I trained with until he, he died of old age, uh, Famous gun guy, Colonel Jeff Cooper, coined this term, hoplophobia, the irrational aversion to weapons. <laughs> I think this is more about hoplophobia than it is about actually trying to use pragmatic solutions. This is not about pragmatic solutions to problems. Um, this is about something else. And I think, Carrie, I know this is a long episode, but I think this is an important topic. I want to brainstorm with you and think what else do you think it's about? Because I've, I've written some brainstorms about what I think it's about, but I, I think it's clearly not about anything practical. This is not a pragmatic view of how to approach helping people and stopping school shootings or anything. I'm happy to brainstorm with you on that, but I, you and I often think about these topics in different ways in terms of an audience or, or the... I'm thinking of the people who support gun control okay, who are on the left and who are well-meaning. And I'm not talking about the people, what are the methods and the, the, you know, the people with bad intent. So talk about the sheep often. And I, I talk do. About and you talk about, yeah, but, um, but it's important to talk about these so-called sheep because the, those are the people that, yes, you can change a lot of their minds. You and I might disagree on this, but here, but if you give them stats like this, and again, I know, you have to you'd have to talk to the alpha and you have to talk to their emotion first and, but, and then give them stats that, that, that they're right or the, the, uh, the intellectual mind can hear. You're not going to change a person's mind just by giving them facts. I totally get that. Um, but if we can find a way to combine the two, then I think, I think you could change the mind of a, of a lot of those people. So one thing I just want to say, those stats are, crazy and they never talk about that they never talk and in fact when i was on like super hardcore like the sjw left uh, everyone there has the opposite perception it's like living in two different worlds two different realities they believe they believe that um guns are almost never ever used defensively they believe and so much so that it's like a joke they like mock people as oh what are you going to do a man with a gun kind of thing Right. And they, so they believe a lot of, they've been sold a lot of falsehoods. Again, they by, believe. By the way, can I just go one, one thing you just said? Yeah. 200,000 times a year, they're used by women to prevent assault. So right. not a guy with a gun all the time. And a lot oh, of women, man. a lot of people that I trained when I trained, I had a, taught a concealed carry class for a bit. Uh, a lot of the people wanting to do concealed carry were women who had been assaulted in the past. 
And oh, totally. We have the same thing at a girls gun club. There are women who come in with stalkers and whatever. So anyway, they believe they've been sold a lot of falsehoods. They believe there's that guns are not used defensively. Um, they also believe that in, a lot of these without knowing, without looking at any stats, just because this is what the media is selling them. Right. They believe they believe homicide rates are skyrocketing. They believe gun deaths are skyrocketing. When in actuality, if you look at FBI da data, um, uh, murder rates with guns have declined fifty percent since the nineties. Fifty percent yeah, in the nineties at some point, and then they've been yeah. dropping since then. Yeah, fifty percent. And so that and that's gun homicide rates. If you look at gun uh, victimization rates, where where they don't all result in homicide, they drop seventy percent since like the, in the past 25 years. So they're dropping, but that's not what the media is telling people. The media makes it seem like this is a crisis. This is out of control. When, instead of, hey, things have been getting better, like really like uh, progressively better. And so they believe that. They also probably believe that most gun homicides are committed with rifles, which is, we saw those numbers at the beginning of this episode, that they're com it's a complete falsehood. Right. Um, so they've been taught a lot of these lies. And I, I, I think that, I think that part of reaching them is to is to figure out how to okay when I get into arguments with people on the left um, they they immediately and I, and I think this is horrible but they go to that place of if you don't agree with me on policy you must be evil right so mm -hmm. they think if we don't share a what then we don't share a why and that's in bad faith. And so some of those people are bad faith actors. And, you know, I've had people say to me in online discussions, you know, your votes kill children or, you know, they say horrible things. They say, you don't care if kids die. I've seen Republicans don't care if kids die. Republican. And so I think, I think part of talking, if you're, if you're a gun rights supporter, I think a second amendment support, if you support the second amendment, I think part of talking to the left has to be to show them that you share the why that you do care about, of course you care about kids dying. You have, the reason I support second amendment rights is because I care about kids dying. You have to frame it from the same way they're framing their argument. You have to give them the same emotional uh, foundation for supporting your argument that they have for supporting theirs. And then you can give them the stats, but you have to, you have to explain why just because your what is different doesn't mean your why is different. So you have to talk to their elephant first. You have to talk to their emotional mind first and you have to explain why. And I truly believe supporting gun rights and supporting the second amendment is, is for, to the benefit of the most people that, that I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't support it otherwise. Like I wouldn't, you know, so I, I, I think anyway, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but this is just a point I want to make is like, talk to the, when you're talking to people on the other side, if you support the second amendment, if you support gun rights, talk to their elephant and, Show them you have the same why, that you, you may have radically different ideas on what to do about guns, but the reason you have your ideas is because you care about kids' lives and you care about um, the least number of people being harmed. Yeah, no, I, I don't think, I don't disagree with any of that, I don't think, Carrie. Um, I, I think the only thing I would do is go a little bit deeper into the philosophy and ask, like, why why are they susceptible to being pushed in this direction like this? And, and maybe even ask, so one of the reasons I think it's, under, it's important to understand the leader's motives yes. is because if you understand what the leader's doing in their motivation and how they're convincing people, that helps you talk to everyone, including demonstrating that the leaders are false gods and talking yes. to the sheep, so to speak. Well, because but you now know that we've talked about the masses, or we've talked about the people with good intent, I'm happy to talk about the leaders. Well, um, so I just, this is, these are not in any particular order, but I, I, I'll just, I have a couple bullet points and maybe I'll just say them and then you can tell me what you think about them. Um, so I, I have this, this list here, possible reasons why Democratic candidates are kind of into this, why this is such a big issue for them. Um, and the first thing that occurred to me is, well, first of all, there's no principal reason for them not to be into it. They have no, um, as far as the Democrats are concerned, the Constitution is irrelevant. Uh, they don't care. There are, they are into mob rule and democracy. Like, that's, that's fine for them. Um, they do view the state as primary. They're collectivists. So whatever's good for the, quote, state. Um, and they've replaced the concept of individual rights with individual goodies. 
So you don't have a right to free speech or free association or personal defense. Instead, you have a quote, right to healthcare and free college and whatever other goodies they can give. So at the outset, they don't adopt any kind of philosophy that would prohibit them from infringing on these rights because they don't care about rights. They don't, rights are not, rights are a word that they can use to apply to goodies that they want to sell people. So right off the bat, this isn't a reason why they would do it, but this is a reason why they wouldn't care about not like, it's why they don't care about whether or not it's violating anything because it's not part of their, it's not part of their belief system that rights matter. Um, and by the way, I did make a note just because we have to say it because some gun people will mention this. Yeah, it is a, necess- it's a necessary step for authoritarian governments. Like that, that does need to be mentioned. Like if you're an authoritarian, you can't have an armed populace. So it's a, that's a reason to do it. And if you don't care about rights, fine. But I, when I thought about it more deeply, I actually think that guns are symbolic, Carrie. I actually think this is a symbolic fight in addition to the practical fights of like, hey, you know, we need to be authoritarians and rule you at some point so you can't be armed. Um, guns are, are a symbol of individual responsibility and individualism, right? The, um, people, the Democrats have a belief that people should be relying on the state. I've written about this previously. We've talked about it. They want to create dependence on the state and guns are kind of a symbol of self-reliance right there. A gun is what you use to protect yourself. It's what a 90 pound old woman uses to protect herself from a 250 pound assailant, which it's a a great equalizer. Right. And people can mock that, but I have trained 90 pound old ladies to defend themselves against assailants who had been attacked previously. So it does happen. Um, It's also, so that's one thing. There's a symbolic thing about guns where it's a uh, it represents individualism, which they are staunchly opposed to. I also think guns are unique to America, right? It's, uh, it's one of the things that differentiates American culture from the rest of the world. And they're very much, I, I, I thought about this this morning, Carrie. I'm, I'm wondering if you think the same, but I had this revelation. I think to the left, anyone who's against a global government is a Nazi. I think that's their ultimate definition. If you don't want global communism under one government, be it the EU or whatever, that makes you a Nazi. Okay, but sort this out. I don't disagree, except the common man, the common person on the left, again, well-intentioned person would be like, you're crazy. What are you talking about? No, no, I understand. I understand. But I'm talking about kind of the the elites and the people who are thinking this way, right? I agree. Um, So so guns are kind of, there's something that makes America unique. America has a gun culture in a way that other countries just don't. We have, it's, we're close, to, we're approaching one-to-one ratio between guns and citizens, or, or not even citizens. Well, I don't know if it's citizens or people uh, in the U.S., but it's pretty high. I think last I checked, it was close to 90%. So there's like 300 million guns in the U.S. It's, it's different than every other country on the planet. So it's something that makes America unique. I also think guns are viewed as masculine. Um, and there's a clear war on masculinity generally. Guns are viewed as even though they are used by women quite a lot as the great equalizer, they're viewed as a masculine device. So attacking masculinity is a good thing. And frankly, if you're Carter, on the left- Carter, don't gunsplain to me. Right. If you're <laughs> on the left, I think they, they also view gun ownership as like, that's just the deplorables. It's the other side. There's no one on our side that gives a shit about whether we violate the rights of these other people, right? There's, we've got a culture now where no one stands up for someone's rights if they don't directly affect them. So very few people say, oh, I care about the right to own a gun, even though I don't want to own a gun. I care about someone else's right. Um, that, doesn't, that doesn't happen anymore. And so the gun owners are the others. They've been othered, <laughs> to use the they, Simone they, Duarte's terminology. They've been totally othered. I mean, look at, the way they, um, look at the way they talk about gun owners. Look at the way even Obama said, and I was an Obama supporter then, and I, I voted for him twice, and I still supported him then, but I, I do remember that quote uh, pissing people off. And at the time, again, this all depends on what, where you're at mentally, and, and you, can, you, can, you can justify and excuse things a lot of the time when it's happening on your side, right? And so I just kind of brushed that off, like, oh, they're overreacting. But what he said was pretty othering, and uh, like they cling to gods and they're 
they cling to their Bible and their guns or something like that. They cling to their yeah. guns and that's belittling. And yeah, they definitely look down their nose for the most part. At well, think they're portrayed as like uneducated hicks. Like oh. gun owners are a joke to the media and the, the, the cathedral. And that tells me they don't know any gun owners. Of and course. Yeah, they don't actually know. You know, when I was in SJW, I would take women, I would take uh, people to the gun range, not just women. I took a lot of, not just liberals, I took a lot of SJWs who enjoyed it. I had some who even wrote positive reviews afterwards. You can like, you can change people's minds if, if you confront, if you force them to confront stereotypes in a fun way, you know, it's like, anyway, and you, you can, I think, have, have an impact. You just have to figure out how to talk to people and how to, um, how to get around the, like, I am here to change your mind. Don't go into a conversation with them. Like I'm here to change your mind. You know, Carrie, I think you're right. And I think, uh, I think in this way, guns are like sex. It's, it's taboo, but everyone secretly wants to talk about it and like try it out. So, uh, oh, they totally do. Yes, they're like so, against it, but if they, but then they, if you are a friend already, and, and then it's like you make it kind of okay for them to explore. And then, hey, why don't you come to the range with me? I, you can you can hate guns, just come to the range. Yeah, try. Yeah, yeah. Uh, once they become, once they in, enjoy shooting, it will change their mind, and and that, and especially like. How women, it's just really cool to see people who've never shot before um, being kind of nervous at the beginning of a class and by the end feeling more confident and kind of excited. Like, why do we have to stop? <laughs> Let's keep. By the way, as a tangent, Carrie, I just have a question for you. Uh, first time shooters, uh, I, in my experience, this isn't a scientific study. First time shooters, in my experience, pistol shooters, uh, women are generally women better. Women are better. Then, yeah, I wanted to say jinx with you because I knew you were going to say, yeah, women are better. First yeah. time. Yeah. I, I think it's because guys feel like they've got something to prove and they're like trying to force the gun to do something and women are a little bit scared of it, which isn't great, but they let the gun do what it's supposed to do and it mostly shoots straight. So they a lot of shooting. guys who are first time shooters are like muscling it too hard. Yeah. And yeah. Then, and they yeah. end up like down into the left or down into the right, depending yeah. on what they're right or left-handed and, and uh, cause they're trying to muscle it through. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so I, I have, I, I want to, I believe all those reasons. Yes. I believe that, all, that I think those are some great insights, especially about um, it being a uniquely American thing. And we've talked about before a lot of people in the part of the left I was in do not like America. They do not like the flag. They do not like anything patriotic. They look down their nose at it. Of course, they're not going to like guns. These are these are symbolic in. Uh, these are almost like tribal symbols. Yes, so absolutely, if, they are. Yeah. So it, this tribe has these symbols. This tribe has these symbols, and so people who um, can't think outside of their tribe and say, "Well, I'm mostly this, but I also believe in this, and I believe in this, and I'm gonna take this from there." The ones who get all their marching orders from their tribe. It's like, they can't think outside of that. They're reflexively anti-gun, but, but here's, so here's another reason I think though, that this is, this um, resonates with people nationally. It's resonating with people on the left nationally. And this whole thing with that, who's that douche from that kid from Florida. I can't stand that. David kid. Oh gosh. He's I, not a kid. He is an adult man. So I can no, call he's him. A douchebag and he, yeah. and he, uh, his, his admission to Harvard was political because he didn't yeah. actually get in the first time. So he's taken a spot away from a smart kid. Well, he didn't get into- Likely not white. He didn't uh, get into schools. Before, before he became famous, he didn't get into a bunch of UC schools and stuff. And he actually complained about it on Twitter and, and bragged about his GPA. But then he told what his SAT score was, and it was laughable. And he, yeah. got, into SA, he got into Harvard after he became famous. That's he, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, but he tried to say, he tried to say on Twitter, I didn't get accepted to all these UC schools because I'm an activist. And it's like, no, uh, if anything, your politics would help you get in. And they, cho they, they made these decisions before you became an overnight right. superstar. And then Harvard, he applied to that after they let him in with an abysmal, way below their average SAT score. He's a joke. But that, anyway, I, I have a lot of reasons why I think he's smug. He's disrespectful to adults. Um, he's disrespectful to his parents. There are videos where he's making fun of his parents. Like, and he doesn't know what he's talking about. And, and I don't, he's dumb. He's totally yeah. dumb, but wait, I don't want to go on a tangent about him. Okay. There's something, the reason why this, what he is saying connects with people and mm -hmm. why this connects with people emotionally is because it's easier than looking 
at the real problem. If you, people want to address the symptoms rather than the cause, the cause is too hard to confront. And again, it conflicts with their, it conflicts with their tribal symbols of their narrative because the cause is, there's a couple of things, but it's a breakdown of traditional society. We've become very nihilistic. If you look at why, why are their kids shooting up schools, right? Um, all the media attention, it just becomes saturated. Uh, instant fame in some cases, but nihilism, kids who are over-medicated, kids who don't have fathers in the home. Uh, I was going to say medication and fathers are two very common through lines with all of these sensationalized shooters. I, I don't know that that's true for most of the gun violence because most of the gun violence is not the kids shooting up a high school. Yeah. So the Dalai Lama said something. Um, I wrote this essay a couple a year or two ago called Gun Control Begins in the Heart. It's on Medium. It's on our site, Unsafe Space. Um, but it was not really about like what we should do, gun control measures. It was more about like getting to the root of it and having conversations. And so anyway, the Dalai Lama said this after the Orlando shooting in 2016. He said, inside full of anger, then impossible to create a peaceful world. Real gun control must start here, pointing to his heart. More compassionate sort of feeling, sense of respect for others' life and others' rights. That's the real method of gun control. Well, and the question then, Carrie, is where does that come from? Because that's not something that just magically happens because liberals say it. Where does that respect come from? Where does that, uh, where does that sense of right and wrong come from? Where does the non-nihilism come from? Well, they make, they make fun of the things that could, they make fun of thoughts and prayers. Um, they make fun of and uh, basically try and, try and pretend like the traditional family has no importance to society. Oh, and um, they belittle people who want to be mothers full time and do. stay home with their children and raise them to not be mass murderers. Yes. Um, there's, they, there are a lot of, a lot of things wrong with this, my old ideology, which has taken over the left, which has taken over the democratic party. And to address some of those things, it's, it, it goes against almost all of their fundamental beliefs. So how could they do that? How could they say, wow, maybe having a father in the home is ideal. It doesn't mean you have to, they don't understand. They don't understand averages either. Like I had a conversation once with um, this woman who was telling me she didn't like Jordan Peterson because he said that lesbians shouldn't have kids. And I'm like, where did he say that? He's never said that. And right. she directed me to um, a Q and a he was doing where he could, where he talked about on average kids do better in all these different areas, psychologically, academically, professionally later in life, they do better if they grow up in a home with both of their biological parents. That's on average. So that doesn't mean lesbians shouldn't have kids. That woman doesn't understand averages. It's so, funny that you say that, by the way, Carrie, just really quick. I've never yeah. made this video, but I literally have behind me on the floor in buckets, different colored rocks that I've run statistics on. I counted them. And like, I have a whole presentation in my head for like, teaching basic stats of like, this is the mean, this is what a standard deviation is, this is what an outlier is. Saying the mean is this and the mean is that for these two groups doesn't mean everyone in this group is X and everyone in that group is Y. Like, I, there's really basic statistics stuff that you're right, it's, I think to people who understand basic stats, it's almost unbelievable that someone would make the error that you just mentioned, but it happens all the time. She doesn't understand math or averages. Okay, so I just sketched this out real quick. Yes, <laughs> yes thank okay. you. Like I would just sketch this out. So over here we have um, kids who have lesbian parents, kids who have both biological parents in the home. Okay, this is the average. They do a little bit better than the average of lesbian parents. And, and they probably, it's much closer together. They probably almost completely overlap. Who knows? So all of this is like the same. So that woman doesn't understand that she she could be here she could be here she could be here she could be doing better than all of these biological parents she could be right. here 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 i grew up with both biological parents in the home i'm probably somewhere back here <laughs> like you know what i mean like it doesn't it doesn't it, yeah so i think i, I don't know and if that by was by the way in a society in which we're not trying to social engineer everything 
none of that actually matters. It only matters when people decide we have to social engineer everything and get certain outcomes. And then we have to start looking at averages and be like, okay, well, if we're going to look for an outcome in a certain way, now we have to look at averages of these groups and compare them and blah, blah, blah. Like none of that's necessary if we just aren't social engineering. Um, really. I mean, it's just, it's, it's because we're trying to social engineer usually for outcomes based stuff. Like why are there, you know, underrepresented group here? Or they're not enough. You're not enough, uh, women engineers, blah, 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 blah. Like that only matters. Like then, then that's when James Damore has to write stats, docs about stats. It's like, well, actually women tend to this and men tend to that. Doesn't mean all women doesn't mean all men, but if you're going to have this kind of high level social engineering outlook on society, then you have to look at averages and you have to take them into account. Because I don't want to look at averages. I don't give a shit because I don't want a social engineer society. They want a social engineer society one, which you don't, but they also work on faulty premises. They, they on false premises. And then, and then when you try to say, well, Hey, actually the stats show this, they get like, right. well, what are you trying to say? All women, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm not trying to say all women. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's really moronic. I know a tall Chinese guy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I know. Tall, yes. Okay. Okay. I know we're getting off tangent, but that was important. <laughs> I, I, I think it was important. But so, yeah. So, so when you talk about these things, if you say there is some significance to the traditional family unit and kids do better with on average with both biological parents in the home, they, what they hear is, Oh, Oh, you're homophobic and you're against single moms and you're this and you're, th-. no, I'm just saying, wouldn't it be right. better if we tried to support the most ideal situation for kids instead of denigrating that institution and trying to put it down as if it's not important. So, right. And the truth is most of us, myself included, I've made parenting and life decisions that on average will negatively affect my daughter. And I didn't realize it at the time. And, and I, I look back and go, oh, oops, uh, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't do that or whatever it is. But that doesn't mean I shouldn't have been allowed to exist as a parent. Like it, just, it doesn't mean I'm not like hitting myself with a whip going, oh my God, I've got to give up my child because I did something that on average is not great. Like that's, we figure this shit out as we go. So um, anyway, getting back to guns, Carrie, can I just say one stat that I think is important for the future of where this conversation could go? Mm-hmm. We're at a point where only 39 to 50% of U.S. households now own guns, and I believe that's dropping. So I think what's going to happen is as gun owners become more othered and more marginalized, the non-gun owning community, or just the non I'm conflating gun owning with gun rights supporting, but the, if you had drawn those two bell curves, they would be pretty overlapped. <laughs> um, but uh, look, I, I think we're, we're gonna, it's going to get easier and easier for people on the left to make these arguments. And as long as people feel the way that we've talked about, as long as they view kind of this as, well, this is a, a, that nasty individualism kind of thing over there and it's masculine, it's kind of American and, and it's, uh, ew, it's masculine and American and individual and, uh, and uh, the state is primary and the state matters. As long as that kind of mentality is there, uh, they're not going to look deeply at the statistics and Joe Biden's going to be able to get up and say, you know, we should have magic wand guns, which, you know, read your intent before you press the trigger and decide whether or not to make it work. And, and everyone's going to be like, yeah, that sounds totally reasonable. Like that, and, you know, and they're going to, the media is going to continue to be like, hey, we found one horrific case that we're going to plaster all over the news and we're going to ignore all of the, the things that have happened positively with guns. All the self-defense cases. And, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, all the stats are, this is why I actually don't, even though I'm, a, I'm a, obviously a, a, an avid supporter of gun rights, more so that like I, I go to more of an extreme than you do. I still don't talk about stats usually because stats don't convince people on guns. It's just, it's not where the conversation is, right? Um, it, this is a philosophical thing. It's, it's the difference between people who want to be wards of the state and people who want to be rugged individualists. And that's the fundamental schism that's happening in society on every level. Uh, and I think that's fun. That's, and guns are kind of one of the central fundamental features for like, if there's going to be a collapse in society and we balkanize, I think 
guns are a good litmus test for who's on what side there. I think you're right. Um, I also think it's funny that they contradict themselves all the time. And one of the, one of the narratives that they've been pushing in the past couple of years, when I say they, I mean the SJW left, which at this point has become a large part of the mainstream Democratic Party. But one of the meta narratives they've been pushing is that Trump is uh, an authoritarian and that uh, he's like Hitler. They make all these Hitler comparisons and they make all these fascist comparisons. Um, they are the real authoritarians. Now, I'm not saying they're not authoritarians on the right, but I don't, Trump is not an authoritarian. They are authoritarians. Authoritarians want to take guns away from you. <laughs> That's one but thing they want to Actually, Carrie, to, to, to give you supporting argument for that, Kamala Harris tweeted yesterday. I'm going to read her tweet. As president, I will give Congress 100 days to get their act together and pass reasonable gun safety laws. If they don't, I will take executive action. Yeah, that is- That's a dictator. That's what a dictator That is a friggin' dictator. They want to talk about dictators? That is a dictator. Those are the words of a dictator. Yes. Um, Oh, gosh. Who was it that said- um, Well, Swalwell was the new- Oh, no. I was thinking of the Stalin quote. Oh, but it was about ideas. It was like, we would not let them have guns. Why would we let them have ideas? Right. <laughs> Which I love that. That's yeah. exactly what they're like on the left. You can't exactly. think for yourself and you can't have guns. But so they, um, they, they call him Hitler. They try and, they try and paint this meta narrative that he's an authoritarian that, and that he it, somehow, and that, that he, they make all these comparisons to fascism. And then they say, guns are bad. Let's give gu- all the guns to Hitler. <laughs> let's give all the guns yeah. to the to the, yeah. the cops. He's Hitler. Let's give more guns. Yeah, to to the state. So the cops who we've paint we try to paint a meta narrative that all cops are corrupt and they're out to hurt us instead of helping. Right. All us. the cops are racist and horrible, and they shoot your yeah. dog and kids. Yeah, let's and then, all the guns. And the and the government, the uh, president is Hitler, and let's all turn in our guns to the state. Let's do it. And like that, it, that right there shows how little sense these meta narratives make because they conflict they contradict one another and yet they do mental gymnastics to be able and preach both meta narratives at the same time it doesn't make any sense yeah if you truly believed that you would not be saying let me give my guns up because because there if you truly believe trump is hitler there there could be another trump why would you want to surrender those rights because they want a Hitler. They just don't want that Hitler. They do. Yes. They want a Stalin. They want someone who, yeah. They just don't want that, that what the, who they think he is, which he's not. But they want, they want, they want a Hitler. They want a Stalin. They want that one. They just want a different, they just want a, sorry, they want one, just not that one. They want a, you know, they want, they want a Kamala Harris type. Yeah. You know, they probably. They want a Kamala Harris with a friendly face, a tyranny a tyranny that's undertaken for tyranny with a smile. Yeah, a tyranny that's undertaken for the benefit, for the good of the people that it's right. oppressing. Right. Don't worry, I'll only oppress white males. Yeah. yeah. And that's a lie too. So Carrie, yes, thank you. Uh totally that's a lie. And this has been a long episode, so I think we should wrap it up. But But a good one. I liked it. I, I enjoyed it a lot. And I actually I think if we wanted to dive deep into stuff, we could probably do a month's worth of episodes just on various topics on guns. Cause you and I both really like it and we could, we could do more if people want more, but can I leave with a recommendation for people? I would like to say, uh, or I can speak as Boris Johnson. Uh, if you have not gone to the range, if you have not, if you're not in the, if you're not shooting guns regularly, if you haven't tried it before, or maybe you did in the past and don't anymore, go to the gun range even if you don't know anyone, my experience at gun ranges has been, if you don't know anyone and you show up and you just say, hey, just or to a random person, even the, the range safety officer, I've never shot a gun before. I'm scared shitless of guns. I have no idea what I'm doing. Help me. I guarantee if there's people at the range, they will help you. I mean, I've se- I used to be a range safety officer. Like people at the range gen- generally are friendly and generous, willing to share knowledge and information. They love when people come in and uh, and are curious. They'll let you shoot their gun. Um, you know, maybe a culture's changed since I've uh, spent a lot of time at but, the range, but I'm yeah. pretty sure that's what the culture's like still. 
Yeah. People, they want, they want for the most part, yes, people want to help you. Uh, I wanted to say one thing I forgot to mention since we were talking about fascism and authoritarian states and Kamala Harris being a dictator. The biggest day when I used to be at the, the range in LA, the biggest day, the biggest business day at the gun range every year was Holocaust Remembrance Day. Because mm. on Holocaust Remembrance Day, all the Jewish groups would come in and rent out the range and it would be, it was a, it was a huge thing. And so I think that's very important. That's anecdotal. That's something I saw, but that was, it, I think it tells you something about history and about the respect that people have for the, their right to be able to defend themselves. Right. And, and frankly, uh, you know, we had Maj Touré on the show, uh, guns, the, the issue that no one talks about is for inner city residents, being able to protect yourself is a real, a real thing. There's higher crime rates there. The cops often don't go into those areas as often or their response times are bad. Uh, you need to be protecting yourself and the, the gun laws that are restricting your ability to carry, to have and carry weapons in urban centers are basically Jim Crow type laws. They're basically just racist laws that are designed to make sure that you're defenseless uh, because the white people out in the country, they've got shotguns and they're not defenseless and they're not even subject to as high crime rates generally. So you guys you know, could look him up at black guns matter, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll put a link to our interview with him uh, below in this show. One last thing about the, the Jewish population, my favorite gun organization is the, is JPFO uh, Jews for the preservation of firearm ownership. They're small. Uh, another good one is gun owners of America. NRA kind of sucks, honestly, but uh, JPFO is, is pretty damn good from a philosophic standpoint. Uh, but they're super small and gun owners of America is also really good. So um, there's resources there. Check those out. And I'm sure if you talk to other people in chat and say, I, you know, I'm in this locality and I have no idea what I'm doing, people will help you out. So yeah. go to the gun range. Pew, pew. Go to the gun range or just generally. All right, Carrie. Thanks. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, share, go to subscribe star. Uh, what else? You know what? Uh, Next time you're in a gun control debate, you could share it. We give you permission to share our video and say, Hey, I don't know what I think about the, what these people are talking about. What do you think? Yeah. Look at those <laughs> crazy people with messy hair and I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Share our video, like subscribe. And, uh, and yeah, if you want to get one of those fancy uh, mugs with a little grenade with a pen, then go to our subscribe star, which there are links to it on the website. Thank you. Goodbye, Boris. It's been fun. Goodbye. I wish I could do an accent, but I'm not even going to try. So I really like this. I really like this look. I think this is to be your new Friday look. New look. Yeah. <laughs> it was. I swear it was better this earlier this morning because the hair was sticking out more. It's nice. all right. Anyway. Okay. Bye, everyone.